When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are live on a Monday morning. Welcome to the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, as always, uh, riding solo here today. Couldn't coordinate uh, schedules, but Scott and I were talking back and forth this morning and came up with with what I think is an interesting idea and what we're going to do. Um, it, it's, it's not revolutionary here, but we're going to power rank the position groups on this Michigan State roster. Um, now, of course, that's not a really revolutionary idea here, but what we're going to do is update that weekly um, as the season goes on. So today we'll, we'll run through everything, uh, give you from eight down to one. We got quarterbacks, we got running backs. I loop together the wide receivers and tight ends. We have the offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, and the kicker punter I, I put as a one position group together. So we're going to give you that rankings today. And then as the season goes on, uh, like I mentioned, every Monday and Thursday we'll be going live, as we have been this whole offseason as well. Uh, but on on Monday mornings, we'll, we'll come out and obviously give you the recap of the game. And we'll give one segment to updating these position rankings. You know, hey, have these defensive backs really been playing out of their mind, deserves to be moved up a little bit? Is the defensive line giving up a lot of ground in the run game? You know, can we, do we need to move those guys down? So I think that'll be interesting to follow as the season goes on. You know, just, just to give a look at how these position groups are working together, what that means for this team moving forward. And, and of course, we're not looking just at the starters. We're looking for depth as well. Of course, with this COVID year, depth is going to be more important than ever, but We've seen the offensive line just ravaged by injuries the last few years. Depth is super important. So as we're ranking these position groups, the starters are, of course, important, but the depth matters as well. So we'll we'll make sure we get through that. I want to start with just a couple things that have come out of this weekend, though. A great weekend of college football, if you guys were tuning in on Saturday. Man, Oklahoma lo- losing to Kansas State in a big upset. You have LSU with 16-point favorites. They go down to Mississippi State. Uh, It it was a lot of fun watching college football this weekend. Florida Ole Miss was a hell of a game. Uh, The Florida quarterback throws for like six touchdowns in that one. Uh, Man, just just back and forth the whole day. But, man, what really stood out is one thing that I drew some parallels with Michigan State, and, and that's Florida State. 
Now that's a team that not too long ago won a national title. And we, as a Michigan State fan base, we sit here and, and look at that 2013 team and say, man, if we just beat Notre Dame that year, we get to a, a national championship game. We'd be undefeated going into that game. And we'd be playing Florida State in that one. And, hey, we I think we'd have a shot. I personally think that Florida State team was so loaded on both sides of the ball. I, I would have loved to, of course, have the opportunity. And I, I think that 2013 team was our best team under Mark D'Antonio. But I, I don't think we would have a realistic shot at winning that game. But um, I, there are some parallels because Florida State, they win that national championship. They go to the playoff the following year. And then things really started spiraling. Jimbo Fisher left. He, he went to Texas A&M. And they just, they've had losing season after losing season. And, and it spiraled out of control ever since that playoff berth in the second year with Jameis Winston. And I, I think it's interesting when you look at Michigan State, a team that went to a college football playoff, you think that's going to give you some momentum moving forward as a program. And basically right away, we, we've seen what happened following that. It's It's been three a three-win season. We come back in 2017 with a 10-win year and then seven wins, seven wins. And it's just been pretty upsetting pretty disappointing since that college football playoff berth. And um, I, I just thought it was interesting watching Florida State just get wrecked by Miami and, and how that how far that program has fallen. Man, and it, it gives me some optimism, I think, as a Michigan State fan because you look at that and you say, wow, it could be worse, right? You know, we've had a couple seven-win seasons in a row, but at least we're getting to bowl games. I, I mean, it, it could be worse. We could be Florida State, right? These two programs who, who get to a playoff and then just for some reason fall apart. And ours has been a little bit um, a little bit smoother fall from grace. Uh, Florida State's just been a train wreck. As I saw a stat come out. I think it was pick six previews tweeted out. Um, it was pick six previews. They Florida State since 2017 is 11 and 21 versus power five opponents. That's a 34% win percentage against power five teams. I mean, that's just embarrassing as, as a program that highly touted that gets the recruits that they do, man. It's just, it's interesting. And, and I, again, you see some parallels between us, but it could be worse guys. I know the last couple of years have been rough to watch, but could be worse. We could be Florida State fans. So uh, just just count your lucky stars there. Uh, but great weekend of college football. Uh, around the Big Ten, there there really hasn't been a whole lot of buzz, honestly, since we've you know announced that we're coming back. We got the schedule, and it's been relatively quiet. And and the Michigan State front, it's been fun. Uh, there are a lot of reports out that that Mel Tucker's practices have been really intense. Antoine Simmons was on Big Ten Network in an interview, and he was talking about how they have a great relationship, it seems, between the two of them. Antoine Simmons basically guaranteed one of the captain spots, I think, as a leader of this team. But he, he's talking about how those two are gelling, and uh, I, I think that's really really good for the team, really healthy that one of your senior leaders is you know, proving to be in that leadership role and talking about how this coaching staff is really intense and really bringing it in practice. And I think it's it's a welcome 
breath of fresh air from, you know, not, not saying that D'Antonio wasn't intense and, and that those practices weren't intense, but I think from all the guys on the team that have been around, they say this year it just has a different feel to it. And I think that speaks volumes to just the energy around the program the last couple of years hasn't really been there. And Mark D'Antonio is a legend. Love him. You know, we we would be nowhere near where we are even right now without Mark D'Antonio. And I give him so much credit for building this thing up. But the, the last few years were just stale, and I think that goes to show when you hear some of these quotes coming out of camp uh, of just the intensity and, and how it's, it's just got a different feel around. So that's really good to see. Um, and if we're looking for a little sense of normalcy, if, of course, this year's been wild. This year's been crazy. There's a lot of stuff going on, and, and there's no fans at games, and it's just weird to watch. If you're looking for a hint of normalcy, we have found it in that Joe Milton is being hyped up as the best Michigan quarterback of all time, Heisman hopeful, uh, all of this. I, I absolutely love it. And it just brings us back to to normal, right? Every year we see this. It was Tate Forcier. It was Stephen Threat. It was John O'Corn. It was Shea Patterson, of course. It's every Michigan quarterback every year, August, September. They're undefeated in September Heismans. They're undefeated in August national titles. And it just brings us back to a normal playing field where this 2020 calendar year has been nothing normal. Nothing has been normal this year. It's it's just gotten so ridiculous. And every headline you see, it's just like, oh, 2020 at it again. But then we see normalcy in Joe Milton Heisman hype from the Detroit Free Press. I absolutely love that. So I just wanted to shout out the Free Press for the most predictable headlines of all time. So uh, thank you, Detroit Free Press, for keeping us at a little sense of normalcy and and keeping us grounded. A couple... Quick reports on the recruiting trail. I think uh, I was kind of following what was going on with our commits, and I think there was a couple interesting things that came out. Um, The tight end commit in the 2021 uh, class, Cameron Allen, uh, tight end from Texas. He had himself a day on Friday night. Uh, Let me pull up the stats here. He had two catches. Uh, where did it go here? Two catches, 117 yards, and two touchdowns, I think it was. And just, uh, man, I, I watched the highlights of it, and, and the kid can move. Uh, there was One of them was about a 70-yard touchdown. He broke away from a defensive back, and, and nobody was catching him. And at his size, that's really impressive. He can go up and get it. He's a fun athlete. He's a fun watch, man. Cameron Allen, the, the tight end, commit in the 2021 class. Uh, the quarterbacks, Hampton Fay, he he had a nice stat line. He completed six passes in his game because his team ran for 600 yards. Uh, so not really needed a whole lot. I guess you can call him a game manager. But uh, yeah, the quarterback commit in the 2021 class, not really needed too much in the action this weekend. Um, so that was, uh, I, don't, I don't know what, he, what you want to make of that, but Completed six passes, so so good for him. Um, elsewhere in high school, I just wanted to mention my Detroit Catholic Central Shamrocks. 
defeated Birmingham Brother Rice yet again. I think that's six straight. Um, so I just wanted to shout out my Shamrocks and Coach Mack, who was on the podcast um, just a couple weeks ago. If you haven't listened to the interview with Coach Mack, make sure you do. Uh, but just wanted to shout him out. I heard there was like a 50-yard bomb on offense and him as the offensive coordinator. I love to see that. Innovating that CC offense when I was there was tight T. There was two fullbacks, a running back, two tight ends. Um, so I love to see us open it up a little bit. Now let's get into what we are really talking about here today, and that's the position group power rankings. Like I said, I, I got eight position groups that I, I kind of lumped a couple together. I, I didn't really want to drag this thing out. So we combined the corners and safeties into just defensive backs. We combined the D tackles and D ends into just the defensive line. Um, I, I combined the wide receivers and tight ends, I guess if you want to call that like the pass catchers. Um, and then the kicker and punter we lumped in together as well. So you have quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end uh, as one group. All offensive line, one group. Defensive line, one group. Linebackers, defensive backs, and the kicker punter. So we got eight position groups that we'll detail here today. Um, we'll, we'll give you from eight all the way up to one. And then, like I said, throughout the season, every Monday morning, part of the podcast, we'll be updating this if we need to move a group up or down we will do so. And we'll start at number eight, work our way back up. And number eight, we're going to go with the quarterbacks. Um, I, listen, we, we've talked about the quarterbacks a whole lot. We're going to continue to talk about the quarterbacks a whole lot. And you might say, hey, that's disrespectful to put them as the worst position group on the team. But look, we have the guy who's probably going to be the starting quarterback week one. Scott and I talked about it last week. All, all of the, you're reading the tea leaves it looks like he's going to be under center that first rep against Rutgers. Um, but look, he's a guy who's uh, in his career, he's thrown 42% uh, on 4.6 yards per attempt. That's not very good. Obviously three touchdowns to five interceptions. And we say, Hey, he brings a little bit in the running game as well. Well, 42 carries for 127 yards. That's three yards a carry. That's not really lighting the world on fire either. And of course, there there's two guys behind him that I would love to see get some playing time in Theo Day and Peyton Thorne, but we haven't seen either of them. We we didn't even get the chance to see him in a spring game this year to see how they're progressing and see how they're coming along. So it's just we have three guys that are all unproven, and the one guy that has gotten some on the field reps, he hasn't looked very good. Is that one good game against Purdue? So. I think this is a pretty clear number eight. There's a couple groups that were, I guess, kind of in consideration, but I think this group really stands out because there's three guys. None of them have a lot of experience. The one guy that does have experience, it didn't look pretty. So I think this group has some potential to move up these rankings, but as we stand right now with some question marks and with a guy that just has looked really shaky at times. I think you have to put this group as the worst position group on the roster. I just think with with what we know right now, it's where you got to put them. And you can argue otherwise, but I just think this is where it has to be. So number seven, the linebackers. Now you might say, but Kevin, Antoine Simmons is one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten. 
and I say I completely agree. I, I think Antoine Simmons is one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten, especially with Penn State missing Micah Parsons. He might be the best linebacker in the Big Ten. But what do we have behind him? And that's the question. We have one stud, and then I don't know. Antoine Simmons, he was an honorable mention All-Big Ten last year. I think he's going to be right up there for a first-team All-Big Ten guy this year. I think he's got a real shot at being a second, third-round NFL draft pick. With his speed, with, with his instincts, you see him just flying through a hole, making a play in the backfield. You can see him out in space making a one-on-one tackle with a wide receiver on a bubble screen. The kid can do it all, and he's really impressive, and I think he's one of the best linebackers that we've had. And you go back and you include Joe Bocci, you include Max Bola, Riley Bola, Greg Jones. Uh, he's right up there with all of them, if not better. I, I really do think Antoine Simmons is a total stud. But again, the problem is what do you have behind him? You have Noah Harvey, who started five games. Uh, He played in all 13 games last year, but um, started the last five. And I don't know, a lot of folks seem a little bit more confident about him than I am. I think there are a lot of people who say, hey, this kid, he came in, he played really hard, played really well, made a bunch of tackles. I saw a kid who was really unsure of himself. He, He just hesitated a lot he, he didn't really fly around and and have the confidence to go out there and make plays so you know maybe the game slows down for him a little bit we talk about that with quarterbacks all the time but it, it goes with every position group right for the linebackers especially the game really needs to slow down a little bit for him because he looked lost at times and I just I, I like the talent I, I think there is something to him but Again, I think there's a lot of work to do, and maybe after a lot of film study, uh, he's got some extra time here before this season kicks off. You know, maybe it does slow down for him. Uh, maybe th- some things do click for him, and, and he can be a good Mike linebacker. But as a guy who's going into the season as the presumed starter at that middle linebacker position, I, I just think that's a big question mark. Then the other outside spot, I, nobody has any idea what's going on there. Could be Chase Klein, could be Jessler Boateng. I, th- I think those are the two big contenders for that role. But look, Chase Klein played 52 snaps on defense last year. Jessler Boateng, 59. Uh, that's nothing. Uh, these guys have very little experience. It's two players that we just haven't seen a whole lot from. Chase Klein, I- I'll pencil in there. If I had to put somebody um, that I would predict would be that other starting linebacker, I, I would say Chase Klein would be that guy. He played a lot of special teams last year, but didn't really get on the field as a defensive player a whole lot. But again, what do you what do you really have behind him? So Jess Lord Boateng, that's going to be probably that first rotational guy if he's not starting. Luke Fulton, he's a redshirt freshman. Marcel Lewis coming back. He's opting back in. He was knocked out from COVID. He's coming back. He's a redshirt freshman. And then Devin Hightower is a guy that I've talked about, but he's a true freshman. So you have... One stud, Antoine Simmons. You have one guy I would say is locked into the starting Mike, who has five games of starting experience, but not a whole lot. And then your most experienced guy is Jess Lord Boateng, who's played 59 defensive snaps in his career. So I don't know, man. I really don't know how this linebacker group shapes up. And like I said, maybe this is a group that moves up after a couple of weeks and they say, hey, you know, we found a guy on the other side. Noah Harvey's playing really well in the middle. 
uh, let's move these guys up these rankings, but I, I just don't know right now. Marcel Lewis was a guy pretty highly recruited. He was he, he had a Michigan offer. He had an Iowa offer coming out of school. Luke Fulton, the same way, pretty highly recruited guy. I think there's some talent, some raw talent in this group. Devin Hightower, I've talked about him many times. I, I really think he has a chance to get some playing time right away, but there's just nothing proven. And that's something that as we go through these position group rankings is something that is pretty important. Do you have guys that have played division one football before and have been on the snaps and meaningful games and meaningful reps, linebackers and quarterbacks, we just don't have that. And it's a lot of question marks, but again, the linebackers, we, we can be sure of one thing and that's Antoine Simmons being great. Other than that, I think there's a lot of question marks that need to be answered. Uh, so that that's the number seven position group on the team, just in front of the quarterbacks. Now, number six is one I felt bad putting him down here because I think there's a lot of talent on the offensive line. Individually, I think there's a lot of good players here. Problem is we haven't seen it come together. And the last couple of years, of course, we've dealt with tons of injuries there i mean it's it's been just we're i don't think we've had the same starting offensive line for more than two games in a row in like 10 years it just feels like it's been such a long time since we had a really solid experienced group that has played together it just hasn't been there again i think individually there's a lot of talent but we just don't know if you ask me right now, uh, I mean, Jordan Reed, we haven't heard anything from him since he decided to opt out. I'm going to assume that he's not going to play this year. Um, if that does change, I think this might change the ranking a little bit, but not much. Uh, but as of right now, AJR Curry is probably the starting left tackle. He's got seven career starts as a senior. J.D. Duplain, the sophomore, I'm going to put him as my left guard. He's got five career starts. Matt Allen, the center, another senior, 16 career starts. Kevin Jarvis at right guard, that's 20 career starts. And Devontae Dobbs, I'm putting it as my starting right tackle. I think there's going to be a lot of competition for that spot. He had one start against Rutgers last year. So that's your starting five offensive linemen who have all started games, but only one of them has started, or two of them, excuse me, have started like a full season's worth of games. And it wasn't in the same season. It was spread out between a couple different years because they kept getting hurt. And this is that's going to be just the name of this game. Can can these guys stay healthy? Can they stay together? Because co- cohesiveness on the offensive line is so important. You can be great individually, but if you don't trust the guy next to you, if if you don't play with the guy next to you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are. You could have Quentin Nelson in there, and he can't do it by himself, man. You, you got to have a unit that plays strong, that plays together. And that chemistry gets built over starting games together, and we just haven't had that luxury. So I think in that starting five, again, Kevin Jarvis is a guy I've talked about with NFL talent, with real NFL talent. I think he could be a backup offensive lineman in the league for a long time. He's nasty. He's mean. He's played left tackle. He's played guard. He's played every position across the offensive line. He's versatile. He's a good player, but he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. AJR Curry's like 6'7", 320. He's a big dude. He moves pretty well for his size. Just 
battled injuries. J.D. Duplain is a guy last year, true freshman, got in there, played really well, I think. Got hurt. Matt Allen, center, smart, good player, played, you know, of course, with his brothers. But um, Matt Allen is pretty good in his own right as well, but just can't stay on the field. And we just see this time and time again with this offensive line. So I'm going to pencil those five in as my starters. Now, where that comes into play, I I don't really know with that right tackle spot. That's probably the one I feel the least confident about. But your depth players, you got Luke Campbell with 26 career starts, the most on the offensive line by far. And the reason I don't have him in here is it just, I don't know, the last couple of years, it seems like his playing time's been going down. And then talked about in the last episode, but he came in last year at 305 pounds. He's checking in this year at 285. He, he dropped 20 pounds this offseason. I don't know what the plan was there. I don't know what happened, why that is, but that's a pretty big deal. Uh, being a starting Big Ten offensive lineman at 285, that's just not big enough. That's not going to get the job done. So I think he's going to be a depth player. Nick Samek is another sophomore. He had four starts last year. He looked okay, but again, dealt with some injuries. Spencer Brown, the redshirt freshman tackle out of Wald Lake Western, um, didn't really see the field last year, but his skill set and his athleticism is really interesting. Super athletic kid for this size. I think he's got a shot at some playing time this year. Mustafa Khalifa, he's played six games, very limited role. Uh, He's got a lot of power, and he's somebody that has been talked about the last couple of years, but just hasn't been able to get on the field for whatever reason. Blake Boyder out of Detroit Catholic Central, nine starts in his career. Uh, he's he's filled in at center when Matt Allen's gone down, and, and he's looked pretty good. He's, he's a solid player. Um, so I, I think that would be your five kind of rotational guys in case of injury or just getting an extra offensive lineman on the field, whatever the case may be. But talented group, I, I think, you know, as far as recruiting goes, I mean, these are some of the best recruits we have on the team. Devontae Dobbs, obviously, five-star kid. I mean, Spencer Brown was highly rated. Nick Samek was highly rated. J.D. Duplain was highly rated. But it just haven't been able to stay on the field, stay healthy, and put it all together. So they're my number six position group is the offensive line. Number five, I'm going to rope together the kickers and punters. Uh, we, we've got a proven kicker in Matt Coughlin. That's always good to see. Um, it, it's nice to know that you have a kicker that's accurate from under 50 yards you know you get get the ball into kicking territory and and you feel confident about putting three points on the board doesn't really have a big leg you're not really trusting him from 50 plus but anything under 50 I think you're pretty much locked in you know he's he's shown 40 yard kicks are no problem 45 47 but uh you know once you get past 50 that's not really a strong suit but he's accurate from under 50 and as a college kicker that's all you can really ask for there punter it looks like tyler hunt's probably going to be the guy but i'm not really sure um he when jake hartbarger went down two years ago he was the first guy who filled in he looked pretty good he had a couple 60 yard punts he had 15 punts inside the 20 uh but obviously last year hartbarger came back and the job was was his. So Tyler Hunt, probably the presumed starting punter, but haven't really heard a whole lot else. Um, so I'm going to put them at number five because, again, we have a proven commodity at kicker that I know is good, that I know is accurate, that I know is clutch. 
Uh, and then we have a punter who I've seen. He looked pretty good, and I don't really have any complaints about them. So uh, I think that's a good group. I think as far as specialists go around the country, it's nice to have a kicker you can trust. And when you throw in a punter that's played meaningful games, I think that's good as well. So give me the punters and kickers at number five. And it brings us to number four, and that's going to be the defensive line. And the defensive line really would be a lot lower, I think, on this list without the return of Jacob Panishuk, who is huge for this team. I, I think he, when you look at like an MVP, most valuable player, Jacob Panishuk has to be in that mix because the depth on that defensive end group, it would really be questioned without him. And I'm just really not sure what we have there. Um, so I, I think Jacob Panishuk coming back is huge. But I want to start with the defensive tackles. Uh, Naquan Jones, Jacob Slade, they're presumed starters. Naquan Jones is a stud. I think we all know the flashes that he's shown, uh, the ability, the playmaking ability that he has at 340 pounds is super impressive. Biggest question with him is this is going to be his first year as a full-time starter. So the conditioning, can he stay on the field? Can he, can he stay on the field for all three downs? That's going to be a big question with him. If he can, the NFL is absolutely in the mix for him again uh, with his footwork with his quick hands uh, with his power at, at 340 pounds I, I think he's got nfl written all over him just got to prove that he can do it as a full-time starter this season uh, jacob slade next to him he he played 262 snaps last year in all 13 games so he has quite a bit of experience from last year as a red shirt sophomore coming into this year Played pretty well. He had a couple tackles for loss against Wake Forest in that bowl game to really give himself some momentum going into the offseason. Somebody I feel pretty confident about slipping in there. I mean, obviously, between Panishuk and Raekwon Williams leaving, those two are starting in the middle for the last like three seasons. They played every single game. They were just so steady in there. So having two new faces is going to be a little bit weird. It's going to be interesting, but... Naquan Jones and Jacob Slade, I feel pretty confident about slipping in there and being able to stuff stuff the run, make plays in the passing game as well. And then in, in terms of depth, I think Deshaun Mallory and Jalen Hunt are the two guys that I've really seen as far as separating themselves from the rest of the group to really get in that rotation. Again, we've seen Naquan Jones and Jacob Slade play a ton of snaps last year. I think they're going to rotate those defensive tackles, keep them fresh, keep them on the field. Deshaun Mallory didn't play a whole lot last year, only like 25 snaps, but 345 pounds can really get in there and stuff the run. Uh, Jalen Hunt, he's a redshirt freshman, 6'4", 330. Um, so these two guys are going to rotate in, give you some size, uh, able to, to come in and plug a gap and allow linebackers to go filter through and make some plays. So I, I really do like this defensive tackle group. I, I think there's a lot of size. Uh, there's a lot of athleticism to go along with it. And I think they have the ability to re to really make a name for themselves on this roster. The defensive ends is where I have some more questions. Again, Jacob Panishuk comes back. He's got 24 starts under his belt. He's going to really be the steady force on this group. Seven sacks, 15 and a half tackles for loss the last couple of years. On the other side, you're probably going to see Drew Beasley a whole lot. He's a senior. Uh, he played 261 snaps last year, so quite a bit of experience. He, he did get a, or I'm sorry, that was the last, uh, no, that was last year. Drew Beasley 
261 snaps last season. So he, he had some rotation. He he got a lot of looks. He's gotten a lot of reps. So he has some experience. But that experience wasn't that great. Um, I, I would like to see Michael Fletcher as a guy. I would like to see get a real shot at that job because Beasley is a guy. He's fine. He's steady. But he missed some tackles that I've seen in key spots. And he just doesn't really bring a whole lot of juice in the pass rush. So I, I'd like to see somebody really rotate in and get a shot there. Uh, but you're likely going to see Panishuk and Drew Beasley at least week one. And then as depth, Michael Fletcher, somebody that I talked about right there. Redshirt freshman, he redshirted last year, but he was a big-time recruit. He's got the length. He, he's got the athleticism. I think he could really be a player if he puts it all together. Jack Camper, he played a ton in 2018, didn't play a whole lot last year. Um, he's he's a pretty nice player. I, I think he can give you some in the run game as well as pass rush. So I think he's a steady guy that if somebody goes down, you can feel pretty comfortable putting him in there. Um, Zach Slade, brother of Jacob, he was injured all of last year. I think he's going to get a shot at some rotational playing time. Then Kyle King, the freshman, I'm going to put him his name in there as well, I think. He comes in, he, he looks pretty impressive as far as like from a physical standpoint, pretty good size. So I think he's going to get a, a shot at some playing time uh, with this year. The eligibility uh, doesn't matter. Uh, all these guys, they're not going to lose a year of eligibility this season. So I think in any given week, um, you're going to want to see some of these freshmen and, and put them out there. You're not risking having to burn a red shirt or anything like that. So I think Kyle King is one of those freshmen that I expect to really get on the field a couple times this year and give himself a shot at some playing time. Number So number four is the defensive line. Number three, I'm going with the defensive backs here. Uh, this is a really talented group that just, again, we go back to it, but not a whole lot of experience. Julian Barnett, I, I think, is going to be locked in as one of those starters. He didn't play at all at corner last year. He obviously moved to wide receiver really out of necessity. Um, but he's unbelievably talented. He's long. He's athletic. I, I think he's going to fit in right away in that defensive backfield and, and be able to make some plays on the ball. Obviously, he's got great ball skills. And you go back to his high school tape at corner. He's good off the line of scrimmage. I think this kid can really play. I know it's been a year since he's really uh, excelled at that position. But again, I'm not really too worried about it. I think he's going to fill in really nicely right away. The other corner spot I, I think is going to be between Kalon Gervin and Shakur Brown. Kalon Gervin started the Ohio State game last year. That was his only start. Shakur Brown started five games last year so. Uh, between these two, I think it's going to be a battle, uh, really between all three of these guys, you could say. Now, of course, you're going to run a lot of nickel uh, because of the way that football has continued to evolve. And when you're playing in Northwestern, when you're playing in Maryland, when you're playing in Ohio State, a team that really likes to spread it out a little bit and get three, four wide receivers out on the field, I think all three of these guys are going to see a ton of playing time, regardless of who the starters are. But Again, there's a lot of talent. There's not a whole lot of experience. We haven't seen Julian Barnett at corner at all. We've seen very little of Kalon Gervin, even though he was a big-time recruit coming out of Cast Tech, I believe. Um, he was one of the best players in the state of Michigan when he came out in his class. So uh, there's a ton of talent. 
Not really sure what to expect from him, though. And then behind them, some guys that you might see rotate in in case of injury, some guys that might get on the field here. Davion Williams, he was a he was a pretty nice recruit there out of Belleville. Uh, he played only 20 snaps on defense last year. Chris Jackson, again, only 13 snaps last year on defense. Didn't really get to see him a whole lot. Angelo Gross is an incoming freshman. We might be able to see get on the field, but... Uh, again, as a true freshman, I, I would like to see some of these guys get some playing time just to see what they got. Can't harm, but uh, I think he's going to be on the outside looking in most likely. But again, those top three are really intriguing. I'm not really sure what to expect, but when you look at the safeties as well to mix them in, Xavier Henderson we know is a stud. That's an NFL-type player. Plays in the box, really, really effective man coverage. He, he can fly out into zone and make some plays on the ball. Um, as well as his sure tackler, you know what you're getting on that side. So Xavier Henderson stud. Trey Person, he's going to be the other safety here. He's a senior. Uh, of course, he, he played most of his career here as a corner, flipped to safety last year and played 200 snaps. Looked okay. I think that it's going to be really interesting. He's, he's one of the X factors, I think, to this team. Because if he can really become one of those ball hawk free safeties that's you know rangy and making plays over the top, some guys that we've had in the past, Monte Nicholson, um, R.J. Williamson, some guys that just really fly around the ball and make plays, interceptions, plays on the ball. If he can become that, that really unlocks something with this defense, um, especially in this cover three that I know Scotty Hazleton's going to want to run. So I think he's going to be really important to this team. Um, in his his play is going to be a big factor, I think, in some wins and losses this year. Behind them, Dominique Long. He's primarily a special teams guy, but he's gotten on the field quite a bit the last couple of years. He only played 50 snaps on defense last year, but he, he definitely figures to be in the rotation. Michael Dowell, of course, brother of Andrew and David, uh, both you know, big-time MSU players, 94 snaps on defense last year. I think he might be the first one in, you know, if they're rotating. But uh, Darius Snow, uh, the freshman, he's one of the bigger recruits this season. Uh, he's he's a player, and people have raved about his mental ability, which is huge as a freshman. If you can come in and really prove that you're knowledgeable, that you're putting stuff up on the chalkboard, that you're really – um, good in the film room, uh, that can go a long way towards some playing time because we know, we know he's athletic. He's coming in at like 6'1", 205, so he's got good size. Um, he's somebody I think could get on the field right away. Uh, Emmanuel Flowers, probably the other one, played a few snaps on defense last year. Don't really think that he's going to be a huge factor, but somebody that you'll probably see out there for a few snaps. Number two position group here, the wide receivers and tight ends, the pass catchers. And... I'm really counting on some star players, uh, some star potential here, because Jaden Reed coming over from Western Michigan was a freshman All-American. He showed it against Syracuse, a Power 5 team with over 100 yards, so I don't want to hear the argument of, oh, you know, it was only against Mac schools. No, this kid can do it and can do it at a high level. Jalen Naylor, the only question there is going to be health, because we know what he can do. We know what he's capable of. He had an Indiana game with a couple touchdowns in the past. He had a Wake Forest game that he looked super impressive. And he's not just that speedy slot guy. He's not just that big play threat. He's a real wide receiver, and he's shown that in games where he's been healthy, but he's got to stay on the field. 
Trey Mosley came on late the last two games of the year, uh, Maryland and Wake Forest. He had 12 catches for 123 yards. Um, so really put his name out there at the end of last season, I think in three wide receiver sets, those are going to be your three guys, at, at least from week one. And again, there's a lot of talent. Um, wh- one of those guys, Trey Mosley, he was a four-star recruit. Jalen Naylor, again, we've seen it on the field. He can fly and he's a good wide receiver. Jaden Reed, freshman, All-American. We've seen these guys do it. We just need to see him do it consistently. Um, behind then, Trayvon Morgan is a guy that we talked about. 6'7", 230 pounds lining up at wide receiver. That's just silly. Um, so Trayvon Morgan is definitely going to get himself some reps. Hopefully in the end zone, we got a package with him on the field. C.J. Hayes has done it. You know, we've seen it from him. He's, he's a capable fill-in player. Um, definitely not going to drop your jaw to the floor or anything like that. But again, he's, if somebody's injured and you need him in a pinch, he can make some plays. Lares Nelson is another guy who, you know, hey, he can fill in, make a couple plays, keep the offense moving. Now, the two freshmen, I think, are interesting in their position on the depth chart because you got Ricky White and Terry Lockett, two of the higher-rated recruits. Ricky White, probably the best recruit in this class, uh, most talented at least. Um, can they overtake a C.J. Hayes, a Lares Nelson for, for some playing time in four or five wide receiver sets? Can they get on the field? That's going to be interesting, I think, to this wide receiver group. But you got a starting three that I think is super talented and has done it at a high level. They just need to really do it more consistently. And then I think you have some really nice depth pieces there as well. The tight ends, Trent Gilson is one of those breakout candidates. He had a really big game against Wake Forest. Uh, to end the year with some momentum into the offseason. But he's shown flashes. He just needs to put it all together. Matt Dotson the same way, but he's a senior. It's really almost almost out of time to to put that all together. So Matt Dotson and Trenton Gillison, I think, though, are, are a solid Big Ten tight end group. Um, and I expect at least one of those two to break out. Hopefully it's Trenton Gillison because we got a couple more years of him. Behind those two, you got Parks Gissinger and Adam Berghorst. A um, couple big body guys uh, that are pretty good in the pass catching games. So I, I think uh, you're going to expect to see those guys on the field a little bit here as well. Jay Johnson has talked about his use of the tight ends, and I think that's really important to this offense. So um, those two guys are going to figure into some playing time as well. But when you look at, again, Jalen Naylor, Jaden Reed, Trey Mosley, uh, and Trenton Gillison are probably your, your four guys who are going to see the most playing time. And there's a lot of talent in that group, man. So I, I think there's a star potential in this in this position group and I, I think that's why I'm putting them as my number two that leaves number one the running backs um, the only group left here the running backs really I think we're in a great spot even relative to the Big Ten you have Eli Collins who's one of the best returning running backs in the conference you have I know Ohio State's uh, got Master Teague coming back he's a pretty good player and then they're bringing in Trey Sermon, he's a transfer from Oklahoma who's who's had a nice career as well. Um, so I think, you know, that group you got to figure in. Um, Penn State's got Journey Brown coming back. Uh, Minnesota's got uh, Muhammad Ibrahim. He's a pretty good player. But I, I think Eli Collins is right up there with all of them. So I think Eli Collins, at least a top three returning Big Ten running back. He got a proven stud there, just about ran for a thousand yards his redshirt freshman season. So, um, you, when you start there and, and then you go down the depth chart, you got Connor Hayward, a guy 
look, I, I don't love him either, but he's a proven veteran player who can get out there on third down, catch a pass. He's got, you know, reliable hands. You can dump it off to him. He's also pretty good in pass protection as well. So he's a guy you can trust on third down to get in there and, and get the job done. Behind them, you got Anthony Williams, who's really flashed a couple times as a freshman, just needs to really bulk up a little bit and, and get his game, you know, more well-rounded. Brandon Wright is a bulldozer in there, 240 pounds. You got a real goal line specialist type. So I think this group really rounds out well. You got one proven stud. You got one really proven third down guy who can get in there. And then you have a couple really talented young players that that have their roles as well. So all in all, I think this running back group, this room is is one of the best running back rooms in the conference. I, I really do believe that. And it's hard to say that about the rest of these positions because there's so many, you know, untested, unproven, unexperienced players, where the, whereas the running backs are one that we've seen them do it at a high level and seen do it pretty consistently. And we can really feel confident and comfortable with them going into the season. So uh, just to recap here, we got uh, to rank the position groups. Number one, the running backs. Number two, the pass catchers, the wide receivers and tight ends. Number three, the defensive backs. Number four, the defensive line. Number five, the kicker and punter. Number six, the offensive line. Number seven, the linebackers. And number eight, the quarterbacks. Thank you guys so much for listening here. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Standing Room MSU. Uh, we got an Instagram as well, Standing Room Spartans, where we got the countdown rolling. We're, we're running off a new player every day. Um, today, as I'm recording on Sunday, it was Kari Willis. Tomorrow, let's see, as you're listening, if you go to Standing Room Spartans Instagram or Standing Room MSU on Twitter, You'll see Blake Ezor, the the legendary running back from Michigan State, number 26, 26 days away from Michigan State football. So stay with us every Monday and Thursday. We'll be live uh, in the morning on your feed right away to start the day. You're driving to work. You're, you're walking the dog before work, whatever the case may be. And continue to tell your friends and family. I really appreciate all the support. Hope you have yourselves a fantastic Monday. Hope you have yourselves a great week. Take care, folks.